Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined by my co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> Brie and I are separate today because, bam, bam, the sickness has entered my house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it was funny because, like, it started with one, right? Yeah. And then, then there was the second. And then the day that the second was there, I remember you telling me, like, Brie, I'm starting to feel it. I'm I'm going downhill. I'm going downhill. And it's like the weirdest thing in the world. It's just exhaustion and body aches and a headache. And, uh, me and my son, we were talking, we're like, should we get COVID tested? And we don't even know how to get COVID tested these days, nor what it would do to our general handling of the situation, because we're all vaccinated in my family and all boosted. And I don't know how it would help. Well, I mean, I I suppose the only thing is like, well, just that you would wear a mask more. I don't know. I guess wearing a mask, which I would do anyways, if I went out in public, but I haven't left my house in three days. So (laughs) it's not an issue. (laughs) So it's not an issue. No, (laughs) but but it is, it is what it is. It's a a different, you're right though. It's a different world right now. Like it used to be, you could get the tests at like so many different places. Now it's like, okay, you got to go to the store and And then they're out and then they're out by my house. There's plenty. Oh, really? If you want, I will be a good friend and buy you one and and drive it over. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Because you're letting me do this separately today so that I don't come down with the sickness. With the sickness. Okay. Okay, Anyway, I know the song. I know the song. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. I I know what you were referencing. It's all good. But our, uh, our conversation, our guest today, his name is Jerry Colbert. He is the co-creator and narrator of the hit children's podcast. Who smarted funny. And he's an Emmy nominated co-creator and showrunner of Nat Geo's biggest hit series, Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild with Pharrell Williams. And I so enjoyed talking with Jerry because we really got into teaching kids emotions and how their brain works and how important that is. I know. I know. Listening to the two of you guys, though, you guys had a really great conversation because, again, starting in the entertainment industry, your your prior life, like every time you have that prior life, I'm always like, okay. It's the prior life conversation. (laughs) It's a lot of fun that you have that like that, like alter ego personality, like life that happened before this life. I don't have anything fun like that. My life has always been very boring. Oh, it's always my, it's the former, like trying to find the connection of people, you know, in the entertainment industry, because the entertainment industry is actually very small, much smaller than you think. And even though I've been out of it for 15 years now, 16 years now, this, there's a lot of people working in it who are still there. That's crazy. It's really interesting. It's really interesting, but we hope you enjoy our conversation with Jerry and take some really great tidbits on how you can help your kids more in school. This episode is brought to you by the Happy Parent Checklist. The Happy Parent Checklist is great, Brie, because first of all, it's super colorful. Yes, I love that. I love color. It's color. And when we talk about being a happy parent, it's funny because you usually get the same old advice over and over again. Have the self-care or do fun things with your kids. But that is not what this happy parent checklist is at all. This is how to really nurture the relationship between you and your family so that everyone's helping out more and that you feel heard and respected and supported by everyone in your home. So go and grab our happy parent checklist. We have a link for you in the show notes. So Joanne, we have this amazing thing. Like this whole podcast episode, we're talking about different ways to educate our kids and keep them interested. And at No Goat Mom, we have a bunch of courses that make learning life skills fun for the kids, don't we? 
We do. We have our homework 911 and homework mastery, which teaches kids how to master their homework routine on their own so that you don't have to nag and remind them. It teaches them those long-term planning skills and how to stay focused when you are getting frustrated by the material. We have emotions 911, which is, oh my gosh, so applicable to today's conversation with our guest because it's teaching kids about their emotions and how to communicate those emotions to other people. Uh, we have the sib journal system, which siblings can use together to communicate with each other. Not so bummer summer, which kids learn to make a goal for their summer and then how to plan to make that goal happen. And then we have tame your morning chaos, which is helping kids make a morning routine that'll get them out the door on time and will have less struggle in the morning. So we have all those and you could get it at a huge deal. Yes. Oh my gosh. So guys, we have a bundle sale going on right now until May 17th. So you, you've got to check this out. It's where you can get three, four, even all five of those courses for a huge, huge discount. We have a link for you in the show notes. Go get it. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Welcome, Jerry, to the No Guilt Mom podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks, Joanne. And we, so we were, we were like reminiscing before we got on because I used to work in entertainment and we like, we, we, we were able to connect some certain people that we know. So it's mm-hmm. really cool, like having you on and me getting to like relive that part of my life that was like, holy cow, 15 years ago now. Let's see if you guys talk. It was like the six degrees of separation. Well, I did this and I knew this person and then this connected to here and then that over there. And it's like this yeah. very interesting spider web. Yes. Uh, inter- interlacing relationships. It's all connected. This entertainment, <laughs> entertainment industry is much smaller than, than people think. So. It, it, it is totally small and you can always find, it is playing a game of, you know, the Kevin Bacon, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, because you always are able to know the same people, even if yes. like it was wow. 15 years ago. Yeah. It's insane, but you're, yeah. you're still in it and you're doing stuff for kids and you have a podcast called who's smarted. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this and especially how you started making kids programming? Sure. So I, I got into the industry initially as a production accountant, believe it or not, uh, absolutely no background in accounting. Um, so that was fun. And I, I kind of got a crash course in how shows are made, but I always wanted to be in the creative side. And so after working in reality television for a number of years, I worked on the first seasons of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Um, I did uh, Inked for A&E, Carrie Hart's Tattoo Show. I was a showrunner on that. And I was a showrunner on a bunch of projects, but I eventually was like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could marry what's great about entertainment with educating people? And so I ended up focusing on uh, wanting to work with National Geographic Channel. And when I got to Nat Geo, uh, we, we created a series there called Brain Games, which uh, became a, a huge hit for them and ran for, I think, seven or eight seasons. And it was a really interesting marriage of neuroscience information, but with like what we would call lean forward entertainment, meaning everything in the show makes you lean forward and want to engage and play along. 
And it was a real eye opener to what was possible with a television program for us. Like, wow, you can actually get people to engage and play along. And at the end of the show, they had a good time, but they also felt like they, they got smarter, whether they did or didn't, but they, they felt, at least they felt like they, they'd learned something. And we, after, after doing brain games for a number of years, we thought, you know, there's so much opportunity for, for kids to teach them the same kind of stuff about science, about their brains, about psychology. And we looked around and there just, you know, honestly, there, there wasn't, there still isn't much great live action uh, kids science programming. It's a real giant white space or black hole in, in, in entertainment. And so uh, my, my producing partner, Adam Davis, and I, uh, along with uh, Pharrell Williams and his producing partner, Mimi Valdez, uh, came up with a show called Brainchild. And it was our first, like, very direct foray into children's education and Netflix ended up uh, buying it and, and making 13 episodes of it. And we covered everything from how gravity works to how to deal with social media to, you know, planets to every, like just every kind of science topic and, and topic that was interesting to a kid's life and kids loved it. And we created curriculum for it that we gave out for free online for teachers and teachers loved that. And so we were just like, wow, you know, we've taken everything we know how to do and we've made kids lives, kids lives better. We've helped teachers. And it was just a real inspiration to us, honestly, to just want to keep doing more stuff for, for kids and teachers and parents. It was just, it's just the impact was so direct, I guess is the way to put it. You know, you really, you would hear from kids and families how much they were enjoying Brainchild and that just really made us want to do more. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of how we got to where we are now. So I find this so fascinating because I do, I also see that there is a black hole about teaching kids about psychology and their brains. And it is such a fascinating topic because once you learn that you are not alone in the way that you think through things and that some things like behaviors, for instance, are shared by everybody. Mm -hmm. I feel it takes so much pressure off of kids for needing to act a certain way or for needing to control emotions when you really know what's going behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you guys put together the show and did curriculum for teachers so that they could introduce it to kids in the classroom and have meaningful discussions about it. That is super cool. I wish I would have, I wish I would have had that when I was a teacher in the classroom, because I would have totally brought it in. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day and it makes me feel energized even like i still add the coffee on there because i like it a lot ag1 tastes really good too and i enjoy my glass every single morning ag1 is a supplement i trust to provide the support my body needs daily and that's why i'm excited to welcome them as a new partner if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with ag1 Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively 
at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Yeah. Thinking back to when we were younger, right? Like growing up in the 80s and 90s, the only thing I remember educational in the classroom or even educational outside of the classroom was uh, you had Reading Rainbow and yep. you had, uh, what was it, like Beekman's World, mm-hmm. the the science guy that I, I swear was like on 10 cups of coffee for every episode. Oh, yep. man. Oh, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. It could have been anything. Yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of Bill Nye in the classroom as well. A lot of Bill Nye. Yeah, Bill Nye came in. Bill Nye came in. Yeah, I remember yeah, that one too. Great. No, Bill it's Nye. interesting. Like you're, because I, I, you know, your your podcast focuses a lot on this as well. Like you're, you're always talking about you know behavior and emotion and and sort of and for kids and and for and for parents, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the guiding things for us always on on both brain games and brainchild was this idea like how do we help people understand that we're all in this together right that we're all part of the same world we all experiencing things in more similar ways and different and it's it's great to hear you're you're sort of you know really coming from the same place of like just it just takes a load off when you're like oh my god I'm not crazy I'm not the only one like <laughs> it does take a load there. off. Are you yeah. are you familiar with Dr. Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion? I know of it. There's a there there's a part of it that's about, you know, we're all in this together. And I think that putting this information out there like what you're doing, what we're doing at the podcast is like part of this huge kind of healing in society where we stop being so self-critical about how we react to situations and how we react to our kids or how our kids are behaving. And mm-hmm. we start giving ourselves a lot more self-compassion because we see that, okay, this isn't something that is shameful in me. I am not like yelling at my kids um, because there's something shameful in me, or my kids aren't having a tantrum about like not going to bed because there's something wrong with them this is just human behavior and it's mm-hmm. common across everybody. Right. And it's interesting too, especially, you know, when you, you look at how we grew up here in America, um, this, this country in particular has this like myth of like the, the strong individual who doesn't, you know, doesn't show emotion and just accomplishes mm-hmm. everything on their own. And yep. it's such a lie. It is a, a just, lie. it is a lie. It is nobody accomplished anything on their own. Everybody has emotions. And the one emotion that gets celebrated in this country more than any other is anger, right? Mm. And particularly like male anger gets celebrated yeah. as this like 
sign of power. And that is such a lie and it is such a disservice to everyone because we all experience such a range of emotions. And so the more we can talk about that and make that okay, the better. Well, it's so interesting that you say anger because I would say like male anger from like a, um, uh, like it is definitely male anger because on the female side of things, like we're not celebrated for our anger. If we're ever angry, it is out. We're out of control. We're called names. We're too emotional. It's really like females on society, especially in careers or anytime we're out in public, it's, you have to keep a lid on your emotions. You have to Mm -hmm. remain calm, cool, and collected. And that's how you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that just having all of these emotions be brought to the table where both men get to experience the wide range of emotions Mm -hmm. as well as women get to experience the wide range of emotions as well. It's such important work. Like let a guy say, I feel sad or I'm upset, frustrated and let a woman be angry. Like it's like, like everybody has, everybody has the same emotions. And and so the work you guys are doing is, is, is really awesome. Like I was, you know, going through some of your podcasts. I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like you're, you're trying to like give people like permission to just feel what they're feeling and take care of themselves. And, you know, we're trying to do that with, with more on the, on the kids side, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's so important to do for, for everybody. Get them early. Get them early. (laughs) Now you, you're very passionate about the one size fits all approach does not work in learning. Um, And I, I feel like there's a story behind this about you in school. (laughs) like how how was it for you growing up in school I so I grew up um absolutely excited about science and history and all this stuff but I all all the things that you're supposed to learn in school but I was a very bad student I did not um I didn't connect with the way that classrooms were run because classrooms are run even with and I had great teachers right but classrooms are just it's impossible to have individual attention uh and if you have kids in a class, some who might be visual learners, some who might be experiential, some who might be audio learners, some might be text learners, it doesn't matter because you, you have to learn however the teacher is presenting the material because that's how the class is set up. And so my, my experience was of being a kid who was very curious and, and, and very interested in all these topics, but really struggled with the way that they were taught in the classroom. And I didn't I didn't, I didn't know how to articulate that at the time. And I, I would end up in like classes that were like too hard for me or, or like too difficult for me. Cause I just couldn't wrap my head around the way things were taught. Meanwhile, I was like English class. Awesome. Loved writing debate. I loved my debate class, <laughs> like all that stuff, like anything sort of creative. I was like super into. And so, you know, I was like, as I got older and started working in television, I was like, God, you know, some kids are going to be better at learning from audio. Some are going to be better at learning from a book. Some need to like get their hands in it. And so I, I am a fan of, of any opportunity to let kids not dictate what they are, have to learn, but dictate how they learn it. You know, I think if you open your ears and eyes, kids will tell you very clearly how they learn best and to tell them, well, you, we're not going to teach you that way. You know, yes, you're a kid who's great with your body and your hands and, and being physical and making things, but we're going to require you to learn from a book uh, mm-hmm. is sound helpful. You know? Yeah, agreed. Yes, agreed. agreed. And I would, <laughs> I would say even like the percentage of kids who can sit and learn from a book is very, very small. And that most kids do learn by doing, or they learn by being entertained and 
like there's so many different modalities. You mentioned all those seven modalities and I'm taken back to my like teacher's education and I, I'm looking for the term of those. <laughs> Do you remember what it's called? It's called the seven. I forget the, the, the seven, name. Of the it's Gardner's. Gardner. It was Gardner. Howard Gardner. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I, think, and, I actually think there's more than seven, by the way. I think there are. More there are totally more than seven. And then if we bring in the sensory aspect of it all, of like the, mm -hmm. the introceptive sense and the feelings of your body and like. It gets yep. really complicated and it gets really complicated uh, as a teacher too, because a lot of teachers, like, I mean, I was, when I was in my teacher education program, you're told about Gardner seven things and you're told about how to differentiate learning for all these students. And then you get into the classroom and it's one of you and 30 of them. Can't and they're like, yeah. Yeah. it's impossible. impossible. Well, yeah. and it's interesting how you brought up the sensory part of it, because I feel like we see so much more of that now. But my real question is, do we see it because now we know it's there mm -hmm. or, or like when people like back again, going to roll back to like growing up in the eighties, being in education in the eighties as a student, I know I was always like, I have, I have a lot of sensory seeking behaviors and I had to figure out how to work through them because nobody knew that there were any issues with me, except for just like, Hey, don't put Brianne by the window and don't let her like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get up too often or else she'll be doing circles around the classroom. Mm -hmm. And again, like I just coming back to I, when I hear you guys talking about education and when I see it in the classroom, we see so many more of these sensory integration things. And again, is it because they're, or is it because they're on the rise or is it because now we see them, we actually see them and acknowledge them because we are aware of them now. I, I think it's because we, we see them. I think they were always right? there. It's that, it's that veil has been lifted that there is, oh my gosh, we didn't even realize that this was there. And now there's so many more ways you can look at education than mm -hmm. like you just said, like that traditional prescription that we had back in the day. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, look, one of the, one of the things we've heard a lot about who smarted because is that teachers are using it in classrooms to get kids into a topic. Like we're not trying to say that this 15 minute podcast is going to teach you everything there is to know, but we were hearing that it's getting, it's becoming a great way to get kids excited about a topic they might not have been into otherwise. And that's kids who are, you know, looking for, they, they need that entertainment or they need the audio. Um, you know, you look at schools like not, of course, you know, Montessori schools are very special, but, you know, those are schools where kids are, are do great generally. And they're allowed to kind of figure out how they want to learn. You know, they learn the material they need to learn, but in the way that they're best at learning. Mm -hmm. And I really... I think it's always been there, Bree. I don't, I don't think it's new. I think you, you were one of many kids who just were not your, your, your way of learning just wasn't acknowledged, you know? Right. But you were going, right. but you're like, oh my God, like I'm going out of my mind. And yeah. that's why I'm so happy for all these things that, that you guys are both talking about, like just being more kid forward and thinking about how the different ways that they learn. I just love it. It makes me excited. So that was it's, my it, thing. <laughs> it's interesting though, too, because even though like this, issue is more of a for at the forefront now I do still see the old way being played out in schools over and over again like mm -hmm. uh Jerry how you mentioned that you loved English classes and you love debate but like the sciences were hard I like I I constantly gave myself a hard time as a student because in classes with lectures my mind would wander and I would miss like huge amounts of material before I even realized I was like daydreaming and zoning out to come back to it. And now I realize through doing this work and through like sensory, it's probably that method wasn't stimulating enough for me and my brain and hearing auditorily. I can't 
take that in and pay attention. I need it visually. I need to do it. But I'm seeing that now in my daughter who is an eighth grader. And she's like, yeah, I probably wasn't paying attention during that part. And she's almost saying it like it's a personal character flaw of her. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing to bridge right now, because we know these exist and yet the schools are kind of still behind it, not knowing how to implement it just because of, I think it's just logistics stuff. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Well, it's logistics and it's also just like, it's just how it's been done forever, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like, like everything else in our society, computers, cars, medicine, relationship, all has like advanced, like is unrecognizable from what it was a hundred years ago. But the school system is pretty similar. It's just bigger, right? Not a lot has changed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you say to yourself, in what circumstance in real life do you need to sit in a room with 30 people for six hours a day and have someone talk to you? Mm-hmm. And you can't like learn from like, that's not a real, it's just not how our brains work. Even as adults, we know that that's not how the world is structured. And, you know, it's, it sort of comes out of the question of like, you know, is it, is it more important to teach, to, to get kids to learn the way that you want them to learn? Or is it more important for them to learn the content that mm-hmm. you want them to learn? Right. But it comes down to that logistics challenge. How do you do it? You can't like, as a teacher, you know, you just, you're already, slammed with so much to do it's like you can't walk in and have individualized lessons for 30 kids yeah it's impossible it's it's like the the way like the the level of change that would have to happen is so gargantuan it's like it's hard to even imagine how it would how it would happen 
it's interesting though, because even here in Phoenix, there is a school district who has these classrooms, which they're doing like kind of this exper experimental process. They've uh, taken a classroom and they made it a learning lab. So it's like three classrooms together and um, it's separated into tables of students and the kids get to go to the tables of whatever like they're focusing on in that time. So there's multiple adults in the classroom serving more students. Hmm. Uh, but they're being more conscious of different modes of learning and letting kids move mm -hmm. around and letting kids experience things. So there is stuff going on, which makes me as like a parent and a former educator, very hopeful. And the fact that you, you have the who smarted podcast, which now like educators can use to get kids even more engaged in what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause you know, that system you're talking about in Phoenix, the more you can make learning a conversation, the more likely a kid is to engage in it and remember it. And that it's, it's also, we, we just looked at so much research around this and you know, kids, it's just shown over and over, kids can comprehend audio and conversation mm -hmm. at a level about two grades above what they can comprehend from reading. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a podcast or in-person, you know, teachers having conversations and teaching, like you're just going to, kids going to get more out of it if it's mm -hmm. more of a conversation. Um, and they're also just much more likely to engage and, and ask questions later and, and keep discovering versus like, read this thing, remember it. Okay, check. You yeah. know, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't inspire, you know, more, 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 more investigation, you know, and, and that's, that's really what we're, what, you know, kind of like what you guys are with, with your podcast. We're just trying to inspire kids to be more, more curious and investigate more and, just get them excited about topics that that might feel dry on, on, on paper, you know? Yeah. And it's fun. I was, I was curious about who smarted. Is it you on the, who's the voice on who smarted or? Is I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You yes. have some good voices on there. Like you, well, you're very talented. Why I, I, <laughs> nope. I am, I am one voice. I am the trusty narrator. The trusty narrator. Uh, I am. I am the trusty narrator. Uh, I, that is the only voice I'm able to do. We have an amazing cast who comes in and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say I. I was very interested in the episode about allergies. I was allergies. Like, wow. It's great, yeah. right? And that's the thing. Like we. We really like with everything we do, and especially with who's smarter. We're like, let's make a podcast for kids that parents also might like keep listening Enjoy. to after the kids right. get in the car. Mm -hmm. so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's great because I could see parents like turning on this podcast in the car and exactly like what you said, education is a conversation. Your episodes could spur so much conversation and things that like parents would have no other avenue to talk about with their kids. But since they heard it on a podcast, it's easy. Yeah, exactly. we love that. We love that. That's awesome. What, what do you have coming up, Jerry, that you're really excited about? So we're actually right now, we, we did a, a Who Smarted Space Camp in the fall. Um, like three one-hour video adventures through space wow. that uh, kids were able to do. So we're about to relaunch that uh, as an on-demand. You know, kids can watch it anywhere, anytime. And then we're all, we're right now in the middle of producing Sea Camp, which is three one-hour interactive video adventures about the sea, where kids will learn all about the ocean and sea creatures and the climate. Um, and they get to go in a submarine and, you know, sail on the sea. So it's, you know, we're trying to basically extend who smarted, which is totally free into, you know, these, these camps you have to pay for, but it's a way for us to, to support the podcast and keep doing more. So, um, so far, you know, people have loved them. So we're doing how, more of those. 
how do people find out about those camps? Uh, they can sign up for our newsletter at whosmarted.com, which not only will you learn about the camps, but we will send you three times a week, a ton of great science activities for kids and adults to read yes. about, learn about and do together. So yeah, they can sign up for free anytime on our, on our website. That's perfect. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it was great talking to you, Jerry. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm going to find a Who Smarted episode to listen to with my son. Awesome. Your son going to love that. And you know what? I will listen to Who Smarted when I pick up my kids because I'll be honest, I'm normally listening to like parenting podcasts or books on Audible. And my daughter, who's also in eighth grade, will get in the car and be like, oh, this again. <laughs> so I'm going to listen to something else and be like, Okay. Surprise. She does, she does pick yeah. it up, right? Like yeah. they do pick, pick it, it up. up. Yeah. Yes, they for sure. Pick it up. So we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Jerry was so fun to talk to you. And we had so many similar, I don't know, would you call it beliefs about education and like teaching of emotions? I would say that we have philosophically align very well on a lot of things, but especially with teaching, like our philosophies on what's the best way to educate kids and that you can't fit them all into the same mold. Like you can't do the same thing that, um, for every single child. And we talk about this all the time with parenting too, right? Like you don't have the same parenting technique that's going to work with every single child every single time. So why would we think that we could, um, you know, teach our kids all the exact same way? There needs to be some variation. There needs to be fun. There needs to be interest to kind of and, and I think that sometimes when it comes to teaching as parents, we get concerned that our kids are having like too much screens, but really it's not about the screens. It's about grabbing their interests, sparking that interest so that they will continue to learn and have that curiosity as they grow older, as they continue on, even in that grade and that class. Yeah. It is something, something that came to my mind when he was having this discussion about teaching is when I was a teacher, I used to be very sensitive when people outside of the teaching profession would be like, schools aren't run the right way and schools need goals or they need benchmarks or they need data or whatever. And I, I would hear all those talks about school reform. And I'd be like, you have no idea what it's like to be in the classroom. Like no idea. Like you cannot measure kids by the number. You cannot set like a goal, like you do in business to have so many sales. Like you cannot apply that to a child. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there is like transformations that could be taken in the schools that would help kids learn better, but that they like, I felt as a teacher, if I heard this, I would be so resistant to this conversation because of how hard it is as a teacher right now and how stressful it is and how many things you have to keep going. And I hope that teachers listening, like hear hear this conversation and don't judge themselves about what they should be doing, because I don't think it is anything the teachers are doing. I think it's simply a system that needs to be reevaluated so that teachers can perform at their best. And so that kids can perform at their best as well. Yes. 120%. Yes. <laughs> I have many opinions in education, many many, many, many opinions. So, but we know we have, uh, we know we have an ally and he's in the entertainment an ally industry and, Jerry. and Jerry's going to keep working on this. So we hope yes. you guys loved this podcast as much as we did. Uh, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. 
I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.